Hello there, you're watching the polls on the Joy News channel. This afternoon, the NDC General Secretary Fivi Fiavikwete is envisioning a youthful candidate, potentially a woman from a swing region, as John Dramani Mahama's likely running mate. Many young people as possible, because you can't win an election in Ghana unless you get a lot of the young people with you. You want to win as many women as possible, because once you have the women on your side, trust me, you are, you are, you are, you are home. Mm-hmm. So you want to make sure you're appealing to women. And naturally, you're appealing to women, you're appealing to the family. So we're asking that question, who potentially is that young woman uh, that the General Secretary is referring to? We have more on this in this exclusive interview with my colleague, Kujay Yangsin. Coming up here on the polls, the 14th edition of the Ecobank Join News Habitat Fair is kicking off today with excitement at the Accra International Conference Centre. Already, as you can see, exhibitors are looking forward to an amazing experience this year. We'll get you the very latest uh, from that uh, venue. And we have these and more coming away here on the polls. The polls is always uh, brought to you by Global Communities Digni Lu, affordable, safe sanitation uh, for all. We're on DSTV Channel 421, Go TV Channel 125. On Facebook, YouTube, and also myjoyonline.com. I'm blessed to join you as independent, fearless, and credible. We'll talk about the NDC shortly. Please stay with us. We are indeed your election headquarters, a youthful person from one of the swing regions, possibly a woman who uh, knows uh, how to play her position. And this is the description given by the NDC's General Secretary, Fifi Fiavikwete, of the kind of person most likely to emerge as John Dramani Mahama's running mate. In an exclusive conversation with Joy SMS host, Kujo Yansen, the opposition uh, party big we gave a uh, detailed description of the qualities the National Democratic Congress would expect to see in a person selected to join flag bearer John Romani Mahama on the ticket for the election 2024. Uh, this and other issues were part of that conversation with Kujo. Here exit. Good evening and welcome to this special edition. We are live from a location here in Accra and our guest is the General Secretary of the NDC. Mr. Fifi Kwiti, what a pleasure. I'm happy to, to be with you, Kojo. Uh, uh, greetings to all your many viewers across the country and beyond. Thank you. Now, of course, this conversation is quite timely. Mm-hmm. We've just had the budget read, mm-hmm. and you used to be Deputy Finance Minister, so I know you pay special attention to events like uh, the reading of the budget. This is the very final budget for mm-hmm. Ken, Ken Uforiata, um, final annual budget uh, for Ken Uforiata. And he says we've turned the corner. He says it's the Inkunim budget. Mm-hmm. And he goes ahead to announce several cuts, you know, uh, to taxes, mm-hmm. reductions in some taxes, and um, explains that these are all to reignite the economy. Uh, what are your thoughts? Uh, I'll just say that it's a bit... Um it's really unfortunate for the country that uh, I remember in 2010, 
as deputy finance minister everywhere you went in the world i mean this was a country that has so much promise uh we were just basically entering into the oil era and uh, everybody saw this country as a real uh shining beacon uh, that was actually giving promise to the to to, to the world um we went through that period all the way to let's see 2013. Uh, in 2013 especially as a result of single spine salary which we have just finished in the year 2012 the arrears became a difficulty and so that really was the beginning of the difficulties we had from 2013. in spite of all those difficulties we still had an economy that you call in terms of rating was at least a minimum of a B, B minus. Uh, you had foreign investors that still had a lot of confidence in us. Uh, despite the difficulty that Doom saw itself brought about, uh, we were finishing 2016 still with an economy, even though our friends came into office, created the impression it was such a bad economy. In truth, it was an economy that anyone will be happy to inherit. Why? Because the foundations were strong enough for you to be able to accelerate. We're still in the IMF. That's true. That's true. But we're talking about an economy that even as at the close of 2016, the IMF, the World Bank, and all other uh, international financial co- I mean, uh, bodies knew was going to grow a minimum of 8%. Why? Because of the work that had been done ahead of it. We're talking about an economy that at the close of 2016, in terms of CD depreciation, maximum 9.6% depreciation of the currency. Uh, we're talking about even though growth was just about 3.4, as I said, the foundations was already present to lead to a growth of 8% the following year, and also close to 8% the year after because of those, uh, shall I call it, legacy of infrastructure that had left. Now, to see us just within a matter of a few years, reach a level where we have become what you call a junk economy. In spite of the fact that over the period 2017 up to the year 2020, the resources that were available to us, not only in terms of the oil resources, in terms of tax resources, in terms of even borrowing that was available to us, we shouldn't be in the position in which we are today. A position where virtually all hope is gone. The economy has become so, so, so down that virtually all portfolio investors literally have no interest. Are you we just are ignoring the two big issues, COVID and Ukraine? You didn't have to worry about such I know that. You know, external I know factors that. when you were in office. It's true. the resources that we go access to during COVID. I mean, could you let me tell you, between uh, uh, 2009, when Prof. Mears took over, all the way to 2016, when John Mahama exited, the total uh, borrowing, total borrowing we had, because we took borrowing almost at 10 billion, and ended about 120 billion. So it's about 110 billion of borrowing within that space of eight years. Within just a few months of COVID, let's say uh, between July 
to December of 2020, the resources that came through as a result of COVID alone was amounting to in the region of at least 40 billion. I'm talking about eight years, 110 billion cities. And within just four months, you are getting access to what? That's almost half of what we had for eight years. You have no reason to complain. And in spite of that massive resource envelope, you still got a deficit, the highest in our history, about a 15% plus deficit. You had a growth that was what's doing less than 1% growth. You had an economy that was so bad that it literally brought about inflation and all the problems. Debts became so high that we could no more manage. So you can't use COVID as an excuse. You can't use Russia and Ukraine as an excuse. So I'm saying that this budget for me, hearing the finance minister talk about victory, uh, you, I can only tell you that uh, it's sad what this country has been reduced to. Because, you know, I know it's all sometimes so about politics. We need to maybe create the impression that things are better than they ought to be. But how can you actually seriously talk about victory when you supervise inflation to the point where inflation are rich, 50%, and simply because you have seen inflation inch down, you think there is victory? How could that be victory? It's the right direction. That's what they would say. How could that be victory, Kojo? Because the truth is this, that... Uh, no matter who is in power today, if you are no more, no more servicing debts, inflation naturally will inch down because there's no pressure on you. All the money that normally you would have used to be able to pay your debt, that literally had been, you have a moratorium. So you don't have pressure. So inflation inching down is nothing to write home about. It's just a normal thing that must happen. But the question is, why on earth should we even reach that level in the first place? For us to even be now be talking about inflation now should be something that we celebrate. So uh, I'm, I, I just feel really very sad for this country when I see exactly what, what has now become just nothing but anything just for politics. Because I would have been expecting the finance minister, the vice president of Omiya, the president, if anything at all, they should be super remorseful. They should be penitent. They should constantly be pleading with the people of Ghana to forgive them for supervising this absolute abysmal situation that the country has been plunged into. The loss of hope in terms of our young people, the destruction of the personal finances of even people who have worked hard and now are pension. I mean, the, 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 the unemployment situation, the, the whole despair is not something that anyone should boast about. But we are talking about people who feel this game is all about politics. Let me throw about some words, hoping that that may help me again to win politics. And politics is exactly why this whole thing happened. Because all this problem I just narrated, the one thing brought it about, the desperation to win in 2020, regardless of consequences. All that talk about Ukraine and Russia is just a lie. It was simply political desperation. So, for example, all these COVID funds, you know, the, the, the Auditor General's report will tell you exactly what it was. It was basically thrown about as confetti, given to party apparatchikis, and they just basically used around for pure pro- I mean, political purposes. And at the end of the day, the people of Ghana are paying for it. 
you, you do all this free water and free electricity, you turn around immediately after you win power to slap what you call taxes on the people, COVID days and every just to take back, I mean to, to, to inflict pain on the people. Then you expect the people of the people of Ghana to be excited because well, you have brought inflation down from fifty to what thirty something. That's nothing the people of Ghana should be happy about. So I mean for me the the whole um, the whole budget is just a typical MPP for you. A group that is simply become so, shall I call it, so impervious to, 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 to the pain on the people that as far as they are concerned, listen, just keep spinning, keep spinning, keep spinning, hoping that somehow you can deceive the people. And it's sad. There's a sense of deja vu about something you said. You know, you talked about how uh, you would expect the president, the finance minister, the vice president to be penitent. Yeah. You would expect them to be, you know, apologize to the people. It's just a sense of deja vu about it because okay. in the last year of uh, President Mahama's tenure, yeah. this is exactly what the opposition was saying. Okay. That President Mahama and his ministers, including you, should be apologizing to the people of Ghana for bringing about Dumso okay. and all the conditions that had led us to the IMF at the time and the hardships that Ghanaians were facing. Okay. Of course, at that time, we hadn't experienced what we're experiencing today. So at the time, they were calling for penitence from you. They didn't get it. I see. I disagree. I disagree because you know what? Um, President Mahama was by no means a perfect. I mean, I wouldn't say that we were infallible. But, be, but, but let's, take, let's take the issues one after the other. Let's take, for example, Dumso. The fact of the matter, Dumso was never caused by the NDC. Dumso, as you know, that happened during Ronnie's time, happened during Kofor's time, and started during Prof. Mill's time. So it is something that happened, it's cyclical. What made it worse during President Mahama's time is that it was happening at the time that it was not just the water that was at the lowest level. And therefore, Akosombo hardly could give us anything. It was also happening with the same time with the breakdown in the, what you call the pipeline that was coming from Nigeria. And so it was literally forced Majira. But what did Muhammad, what did President Muhammad do? He actually was not even, uh, he didn't even try to even blame somebody for doing so. He didn't go about blaming NPP for not investing enough in the eight years of prison. He didn't do that. He just took responsibility and said, you know what, I'll fix it. And exactly that's what he did. He focused on it and showed that the job got done. When the issue happened about economic difficulty, why? He was humble enough to call for an economic forum. Invited even the, the, the opposition. Invited everybody. That's what humility in office does. That's not, the, that's not the act of an arrogant person. As opposed to what we have seen from our friends. When in the middle of this crisis, they still were being so boastful, so arrogant, made declarations that, listen, we will never go to the IMF. We are capable of managing the affairs of Ghana. We are a proud nation. I mean, that is simply the mark of of, of group of people who actually believe that they are they are what you call which um, like the gift of God to Ghana. So it's a complete, completely different situation between Mahama or the NDC and our friends in power. But I have to say, I mean, in spite of everything you've said so yeah. far, I'm yet to hear any alternatives yeah. to what we heard from the finance minister okay. in parliament. Okay. I mean, if, if, if the NDC were in office, what would your plans have been for 2024? How okay. would you be planning to turn things around for Ghanaians mm-hmm. uh, to make Inkunim a truthful tag mm-hmm. for the budget? Mm-hmm. You know, 
the issue about the alternatives, I mean, is very legitimate uh, uh, request. Uh, and you clearly also know that even though we haven't really reached the stage where we are prepared to put out what you call a comprehensive body of uh, proposals in place, one thing you can be sure is when you take over an economy and you supervise that economy into a state of collapse, the first thing you need to appreciate is that, listen, you met economy at a certain level. The least you could do was to have maintained that. Now, what were the levels that they made this economy? You made, for example, cocoa production at the end of 2016. It was, what, 960,000 metric tons. That's almost 1 million metric tons. The second highest in the recent history of the country. The first was 2011, when we were about 1 million metric tons. In 2016, we got 960,000 metric tons. I mean, that's massive. You can, you can, that's an, you're talking about alternative? That's a good alternative. You want to make sure you at least restore us to the place where cocoa production is a solid. You will make a balance of payment and a surplus. At the time we took over in 2008, it was a massive deficit we met. We handed you a balance of payment surplus. Alternative? That's a good alternative. Make sure you come back to at least that minimum. You know, you made what you call gross international reserves of $6.2 billion. The least you can do is to at least ensure that that remains. Now, so alternatives are good, and we'll definitely have that conversation. But the least you can do is to at least preserve what you have met, not to have destroyed the economy further. We're talking to Ifi Kwiti, and we've heard what he thinks about the budget that was read earlier uh, last week. But here's what we're going to do when we come back. First of all, uh, we're going to talk about uh, the upcoming race. John Mahama will be squaring off against uh, Dr. Mahmoud Baumia and any other takers. Uh, we'll see exactly how the NDC uh, in opposition is gearing up for that race. But also, you must have seen that video making the rounds. Someone has revived it from the past. Ipikwiti saying some very interesting things about the chances of Dr. Baumia ever becoming NDP flag bearer. We'll hear from his own mouth how he sees those words today. Stay with us. We'll be back after this. Welcome back. This is a special edition, and we're having a conversation with Fifi Kwete, of course, the General Secretary of the nation's biggest opposition party, the NDC. So far, we've talked about the budget and the economy, the economy. Um, but I can't have a conversation with you without bringing up <laughs> what seems to be making the rounds recently. So I, I don't recall the year, but I think it was during one of your setting the record straight mm -hmm. events. Mm -hmm. You made some very interesting comments. Mm -hmm. In fact, you said that if Dr. Baumia mm -hmm. was expecting mm -hmm. that assuming they were to win power, mm -hmm.
No, not at all. I mean, congratulations to him uh, for emerging as a flavorer of the of the NPP. Uh, we say that uh, we in the NDC welcome it because uh, uh, we are not being complacent, but uh, we are totally sure that we are facing um, a damaged candidate, a candidate that has been exposed for who he is, uh, a candidate who uh, made all kinds of pretenses, uh, created the impression that he was some kind of economic messiah. Uh, but the reality today that he's been, as the Bible would call, he's been found wanting. He's been weighed in the balances and found wanting completely. Worse than that, uh, not just that he's, um, he's been exposed uh, for just being, shall I call it, blabbermouth, somebody who basically talks a lot but does very little. He's also been shown to be somebody who cannot be trusted, uh, somebody who cannot, who has gone very low levels of credibility. Now, so, uh, work, meeting him uh, into, in the 2024, essentially, we welcome. Now, am I surprised that he emerged as a candidate of the of the NPP. I would say no, I'm, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not really surprised because uh, the person who obviously would have, um, let's say this way, the person who actually would have been the one to take over from Nana Kufuado from the readings, and if you understand the NPP's working configuration very well, was supposed to be Alan Shumate. Uh It moved from Kufuado to Nana Kufuado. Uh, Nana Kufuado contested Kufuado then. Uh, and then Akufuado took over from Kufuado. Uh, Lancho Martin Cortese Akufuado. It was pretty obvious uh, from the reading at the time we were reading that the next person in line was going to be Lancho Martin, knowing the tradition of the MPP as we did. Uh, so what we said at the time was something that we believed was the case. And uh, we still believe that if Lancho Martin had remained in the race, possibly it could, not, it could have been a different ball game. But as it were, uh, he pulled out, and naturally, once he pulls out, he gives some kind of advantage uh, to Dr. Baumia. And uh, but even so, you can see even the struggle that he had against an, a candidate who, as at a year ago, did not even have in mind to run for for the presidency. Against um, let's call it, um, and just my very good friend can 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 Japan. But uh, to be honest with you. Um, is not what you call um, uh, somebody that, in the scheme of things, should be giving Baumia a, a, a tough run. But either way, money to still give him such a tough run. Either way, yeah. you were proved categorically wrong. I mean, yeah. you accused your political opponents mm -hmm. of being uh, not only ethnocentric but mm -hmm. uh, religious bigots that mm -hmm. they would never choose mm -hmm. a Muslim mm -hmm. as a flag bearer. They've done exactly that. Okay, let's see this way. You know, you can sometimes um, try very hard to prove your opponent wrong. And in the process, it almost amounts to cutting your nose to spite your face. MPP has done that. This is not the first time. MPP um, F40, for example, pushed through all these 1D1Fs that they spoke about a lot from 2017. It's largely because we had called them out again and again and said, you were just lying to the people of Ghana. You do not even have the resources to be able to get this done. 
the kind of things you are putting out, you are simply doing it for political purposes, to deceive people for votes. Naturally, having accused them, what they want to do is to say, no, we are going to go all out to prove them wrong. Not so much because they believe in it, but they want to simply prove their opponent wrong, which is fine. At the end of the day, what matters is the manner in which you are able to really do it. It's something you are not really committed to. When you do it, you do it badly. And that, for example, is what we have seen, for example, in the implementation of the free SHS, which also was one of the things we call it, say you are lying to the people of Ghana. You do not have what it takes to be able to do this in a format in which you claim you want to do it. Down the years, every single person who follows, for example, what's going on with the free SHS know that what we said has come true. Because everyone knows, for example, that there is the need for a serious review because the implementation, the way it's going, will literally amount to just destroying education and causing harm to the future of our children. So there are instances where, as in politics, you want to prove your opponent wrong, not because necessarily you believe in something. I need to prove them wrong. They've put a tag on me that I'm an Akan party. I've constantly looked down upon the people from the north. I do not respect them. So you know what I'm going to do something to prove them wrong. Makes you that's okay. Say In that politics, it does happen. I mean, they've had running mates mm -hmm. from the northern part of the yeah. country. They have a whole one-third of their tradition, mm -hmm. which is from the northern part mm -hmm. of the country. So what exactly is it that leads you and others? Mm -hmm. Let's be fair, you're not the only one who has this view. Mm -hmm. What is it that leads you and others mm -hmm. to tag them so firmly mm -hmm. as anti-northern? You know, uh, if you observe our, our friends very carefully, you know clearly well that uh, they are, they've constantly picked northern candidates, or even if you call it Muslim candidate, not so much on the back. I would say that really until, until possibly the choice of Baumia, the choice of, of Ali Obama. Listen. They didn't pick Ali Muhammad because of some kind of political stalwart. No. If they're looking for political stalwart, they were political stalwart in the north that they could have picked, who were known politically, who got what you call solid pedigree. Like, for example, when we chose uh, Mohamed Mumoni for running mate in 2004, that was a political stalwart we were picking. We're not picking somebody on the back of the fact that he's come from the northern region or he's a Muslim. No. Because when you hear Muhammad Momoni, the first thing that comes to mind is that this is a solid political heavyweight. Has got name recognition. Has contributed politically in the country and known in parliament and, and, and outside of parliament. Now, when you go and pick Ali Muhammad, only within the party was barely known. It's pretty obvious what the game plan is. And we saw it coming. And that's what we were able to predict, for example, that there was no way he was even going to make a dent when they went for their, for their primaries in, was it 2000, was in a, which year was that, uh, 2006 or so. We knew he was going nowhere. Why? Because he was not picked because he was a, a Star Wars. He was picked purely for purposes of what you call tokenism. But clearly, tokenism so that we can say, you know what, people of the North, and our Muslim brothers, we've been able to pick one of you. That comes from a condescending attitude. As opposed to us. When, for example, we pick a John Mahama, we're not picking a John Mahama because he's an ordinar. We are picking a political heavyweight who also happened to be an ordinar. When we pick 
Muhammad Mumuni. We are not picking him because he's a Muslim or a modern. We are picking somebody who already is established politically. Before secondary or let's call it the icing of the cake happened to be where it comes from or what religion it practices. That's Our friends, because traditionally have always been known as very heavy, heavily, should, should I call it, uh, moved towards one particular side of the country. That was haunting them. There are some who would argue that yeah. you've done the same thing. I mean, John Mahama picked Professor Nana Jinu Pukwajiman mm -hmm. as running mate. Mm -hmm. I mean, he a, that was a minister of state. Yes. And no mean, no mean a position. Minister for Education. Dr. Bamiya that was, was vice that was, president. No, no, no. Just one. I just, I, you know, I'm trying to build the case. You're telling me about what, what statement that had been made previously, and I'm, I'm trying to explain to you that in the choices in the past, especially after Aliyu Muhammad, not purely for token purposes, they pick somebody from the north, also additionally a Muslim. So, so that they will be able to use it to tell the northern brothers and our Muslim brothers that, you know, we pick one of you. So you, so you could clearly know. Pukwajima was for tokenism purposes. No. The fact that she was a woman. Prof, prof happened to be. From the central region. Prof happened to be an accomplished academic. A vice chancellor of a top university of the country. Who moved into politics and was a very successful minister for education. So by every means, we are talking about somebody who already has established herself. On, then the icing on the cake happened to come from Central Region, happened to be a woman. So the consideration, you must have what it takes first in order to be able to also command your own support base. Then in addition, other things happen. I mean, regionalism is not a problem. All over the world, the issue about regionalism happened. And our own constitution allows for regionalism. It said there must be what a regional balance as much as possible. So there's no problem with regionalism. One thing which is clear mm. is that at some point, mm. your party realized that that expectation was wrong. Because for some time now, mm. almost every comment that comes from your party's mm. communicators, mm -hmm. especially since you became general secretary at least, we always hear you say the Akufuado Baumia government. Mm -hmm. We always hear you refer mm -hmm. to uh, the vice president. You know, you hear, we hear you say Al Haji, mm -hmm. Dr. Baumia. Mm -hmm. We see these deliberate use of, first of all, his name whenever you mention the president's mm -hmm. name. We hear you refer to him as Al Haji Baumia. Mm -hmm. And of all of your comments mm -hmm. about how things will go. In 2024, are uh, with the assumption that he'll be going up against him. Mm -hmm. So that must mean that at some point before he won the primaries for his party mm -hmm. to become flag bearer, your party realized that it was going to be him. Yeah, I mean, in politics, you always have to um, uh, be prepared for any eventuality. After all, as I said earlier, as opposed to, for example, uh, Alaji Aliu Mahamada, it was pretty clear that uh, in the in the scheme of things was definitely not going to emerge why because as i said uh he was not exactly picked because he had any pedigree he was picked simply to satisfy uh, an ethnic and religious religious uh should i call it uh should i call it uh, token that really is what it was and exactly what it is that we expected that he was going to be dumped and he was truly dumped 
the Baumian's choice was largely because Nagopoulos claimed he was an economic wizard. Claimed he was an economic wizard. And of course, I mean, when they came into office, I mean, initially on the back of the solid uh, uh, things they inherited, I mean, they started pretty well. But by 2019, things started to unravel. Sometimes they make it look as if it is because of COVID, but the truth is that if you check even 2019, you could see, for example, the depreciation in Sydney has started already, I mean, badly performing. Uh, deficits, I mean, the, I mean it was, you know, the, the budget deficit has already gone very high already. So problems started okay already. So we clearly suspected that given how it's, it is, it's likely about Miyako win. That you need to, to make preparation for. But of course, the Alan Fatah, as I explained earlier, was there. And knowing exactly the nature of the NPP, that is a factor you couldn't discount. So, I suspect that possibly one of the things that maybe went against Alan is the fact that he stayed too long in, the, in, the, in, the, in a, what you call a sinking ship. If he had been smart enough to get out of that ship very early, he, could, he obviously could have distanced himself from the mess that we have today. But having stayed that long, it made it pretty difficult for him so to be able to, as it were, show that he's not part of the mess that we see today. So I guess that really affected him. But whatever it is, in politics, you need to prepare. You prepare for eventuality. If it's Alan, we are ready. If it was Baumia, we are ready. The reason why we had to call Baumia is because he was the one in charge of the economic uh, management team. He was the vice president. So if there was an economic problem, we needed to make sure the company knew that both Namakufuadu and Baumia were in charge. So there was really no, no problem. But the bit on the, the, bit on the, the religious dimension of it, and that is one that I think we need to... Because, you see, after the emergence of Baumia, you could see all these many efforts that are being made to create a whole scenario of as if Ghana were some kind of uh, were in some kind of uh, uh, religious war in our country between Christians and Muslims. They've come up with stories like, "Oh, Fifi Kweti actually said that no Muslim can ever become the president of the country." No, let me tell you what we were talking about, and that statement was made way back in 2007 ahead of the contest of the MPP that had to do with Aliyu Mahama. And I actually was making an analysis of that contest. And see, Aliyu Mahama was purely picked for religious tokenism. tokenism. That's all it was. Not because he had any pedigree. And he was going to be dumped. I stated that. And I said, listen, if you pick anyone on the back of religious tokenism, you make it difficult for the person to emerge. Why? Because if it's simply about religion, then the majority Christians will be voting against you if you stood as a Muslim. But if you stood because you have political pedigree, then you are winning not because of religion, but you are winning because you have what it takes. That was the point. That. Because they would argue that their 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 flag bearer, their candidate, mm-hmm. is trying to be a uniting force. He constantly refers to his own upbringing as a child. Mm-hmm. You know, before he became a Muslim, mm-hmm. uh, that he was a Christian. He had a Christian name. Mm-hmm. He goes to church. He preaches in churches. Mm-hmm. He you know he knows Christian prayers. Mm-hmm. He he demonstrates a certain affiliation. Mm-hmm. To Christians, mm-hmm. 
all in a bid to demonstrate that as a flag bearer, he can be representative of both of these major religious groups. So are you sure that they are the ones bringing division on the lines of religion? Or is it not you know, people who perhaps share your view? No, if, for example, you go and go and make an appeal to your, your listen, Muslim brothers, that they should vote for you because you are a Muslim. They should vote for you because you are a Muslim. What are you doing? I don't go to I won't go to a church and say vote for me because I'm a Christian. No. But you vote for me, the vote vote for me. and say vote for me because I'm Ewe. If we, I'll tell voter people vote for me or because I'm Ewe. No, or you vote. Anti my good there are so, no, but there are so many Evers who have stood and lost. So you cannot just go and say vote for me because I'm an Ever. Vote for me fundamentally because I have what it takes to be a leader. I've got integrity. I've got good ideas. I love the country. I'm a patriot. I will do what is right. I'm disciplined. Give the attribute. And then, in addition, I also happen to come from your area. So it should always be about the reason why you are a leader first. But if all you think about number one is that, oh, I happen to belong to your sect, that's why you are voting for me, then why not? Let's rather go and choose an imam. Where should we choose you? Well, let's look for, if it's a Christian, let's choose a prophet or a pastor. Because that's what we are looking for. We are looking for somebody who can be trusted. You cannot be trusted, Baumia. You have no credibility. So mentioning that you are a Muslim or a Christian matters not. Because what matters is the quality of who you are. And you are proven to be somebody who has no credibility, somebody who absolutely lies. Why on earth would anybody want to take you In the 30 seconds before we take our next break, let me ask you this. Mm. You're a political strategist. Would you have had a tougher time as a party winning the next election if Kennedy and Japan had been chosen as flag bearer for the MPP? Uh, to be honest with you, uh, Kennedy and clearly would have been able to say, you know, I was not the reason why this whole mess has happened. And that could be an appeal because there is clear anger about the level of... Um, destruction that's happened to the economy, the suffering that is taking place. So he would have been able to do that. So naturally, he clearly could have been more difficult. Why? Because he's not so directly in the line of the supervision of the problem. So naturally, he could be able to have an advantage. But this one, every step of the way, is deep neck in the problem. So there's no way you can run away. And, so and, you would and, have had and a tougher time defeating Kennedy as well. I would just have said that he would have been a little more difficult to be able to pin the problems on. So naturally, that gives him a room to be able to say, no, it's not me, therefore, vote for me. Well, as to exactly what will happen, that is difficult to... Well, that's the next uh, leg of our conversation Mm -hmm. with Fifi Kwete. When we come back from the break, we're going to talk about election 2024. For most people, it's going to be Mahama versus Baumia. How does that unfold for the General Secretary of the NDC? We'll find out after this. Welcome back. And we're talking to Fifi Kwete, the General Secretary of the NDC. And oh boy, it's been a fascinating conversation so far. Uh, Mr. Kwete, let's, let's talk about election 2024, the big, uh, the big battle. Mm-hmm. So well, the lines are drawn. It looks like the NPP has chosen Dr. Baumia. Mm-hmm. Uh, the NDC has chosen uh, um, 
John, uh, John Mahama. Mm-hmm. Now, of course, now the only variables remaining will be running mates. Mm-hmm. So we know how it works. Mm-hmm. You want to pick a running mate who will appeal mm-hmm. to a large constituency of mm-hmm. people. So strategically, mm-hmm. how I know that in the end the decision will be made by your um, your flag bearer. Sure. But that's why you are there, you know, with your strategic experience. Mm-hmm. You will be advising him and directing uh, him on how to make this decision. Mm-hmm. So which constituencies do you want to appeal to? Mm-hmm in order to put yourself in a better position than your opponents mm-hmm. in 2024? Uh, Mitchell um, you want to win as many constituencies as possible. I'm not talking here about political constituencies. I'm talking more about demographics. Yes, yes. So, for example, you want to win as many young people as possible because you can't win an election in Ghana unless you get a lot of the young people with you. You want to win as many women as possible because once you have the women on your side, trust me, you are, you are, you are, you are home. Mm-hmm. So you want to make sure you're appealing to women. And naturally, you're appealing to women, you're appealing to the family. Mm-hmm. So that is always going to be the calculation. You want to, to make sure that um, across all regions, you are competitive. Mm-hmm. But of course, some regions that are much more strategic. So mm-hmm. for instance, I mean, if you know, the, when we had the original 10, 10 regions of Ghana, mm-hmm. uh, we had four regions that were considered to be swing regions. And those regions will always remain so. And those original regions will be Greater Accra, Central Region, Western Region, meaning now Western and Western North, the Western Region, and Brongahafo. Those were the four regions that were known as swing regions, and they continue to be what they are. So you want to make sure as much as possible you are competitive in those regions. Greater Accra is quite important because I mean, the numbers are there as well, and you need to do whatever you can. Central region, uh, you, can, you are not winning an election unless you have central region in the bag. You have western region as much of that in the bag as well. You are doing very well in Brongarfo. So clearly, uh, those will be areas we are going to work. You also want to ensure that you are turning out your vote in your strongholds, meaning the places where naturally you are strong, you are getting the turnout to be massive. Yeah. In fact, talking about turnout, you want to ensure there is as much turnout as possible. Because in opposition, the bigger the turnout, the better. Yeah. We're in government because of clear anger, disenchantment, disappointment. You often wish there's no turnout because when people are turning out in numbers, it means that you are on your way home. So in opposition, our job is to make sure that turnout is massive. People come out. They come out in their numbers to want to vote. You want to ensure you do whatever you can to hold down your opponent capacity to do what he, what he can do in his stronghold. So. Ashanti region, Eastern region, that traditionally have been the strongholds of your opponent. You want to make sure you try hard. You may not be able to win. You may not be able to uh, make massive impact, but at least you want to hold. It's like coming to, uh, uh, let's say, I'm Chelsea, to, let's say, Man City, away. You want to make sure you limit the extent of the damage, hoping that you can bring him home and then win finally. Yeah. So effectively, that's what it does. So the choices running mates are going to factor all that into into consideration the so, capacity to to first and foremost represent the vehicle properly mm-hmm. have the proper should i call it uh, uh, um, chemistry mm-hmm. with, with with the flag bearer because that's very important co- ca- calculation uh, and also individual who does not you know some some running may sometimes tend to think that they actually should be even more important than flag mm-hmm. no you are you are a running man exactly yeah. play your position do your job well. But beyond all that, the party is always the number one. The vehicle is always the party. 
uh, sometimes we tend to overplay uh, the individuals mm. much more than we play the vehicle. The vehicle is always number one. You always want to make sure that NDC continues to position itself as a solid vehicle. And so the track record of the party, down from Jerry Rollins, through Prof Mills, through John Mahama, that history has to be stated. The people of Ghana need to know that in terms of the development of this country, this vehicle has been very reliable. Resources that have been available to us and what we have delivered, even given those resources, MPP cannot be measured by any means. This vehicle has also been very trustworthy. I mean, so these are things that we are going to bring onto the table. So we will go for, we'll go for everything. We'll do everything we can. Yeah. Putting together all the factors you've mentioned, and I, I seem to be painting a picture in my head of a, a youth-oriented person hopefully from one of the swing states or affiliated to one of all the swing states, uh, swing uh, regions, uh, somebody who might be a woman. Why not? Nothing uh, is off the table. Uh, yes, because that was the second constituency or demographic yeah. you mentioned. And uh, somebody who you believe can play their position yeah. as a supporter. That points to very few people. I know. I know you're trying very hard to. <laughs> moment to come. I know that if I am, coming, moment, to, if I am coming to this realization, then you came to it a long time ago. So walk us through the thought process. Uh, you know, what are some of the interesting names that have been thrown up? I think really, it'd be early. And again, don't forget, we always want to make sure as a party, we, we go through the processes properly. And don't forget, we also have a history. And sometimes we tend to forget. But uh, we never, for example, even come close to the choice of a running mate in the year before an election. Never. In fact, I think uh, when, uh, when Vice, then uh, running mate John Mahama was, was named, I think that was almost in August of 2008, four months to an election. Mm. Uh, when, uh, um, uh, what's the name, Prof. Nana Jane was named, I think that was in July again, so about five months to an election. So the history already shows that it's not something that is done even too early because there are so many other processes that we need to, 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 to put in place. Yeah. We've done the election of the flag bearer together with the parliamentary candidate. We've just almost recently finished the outstanding, outstanding uh, parliamentary candidate and it's just with a couple of them that are left. Yeah. We have processes to go through at the regional level. We started a national tour, I mean, of the flag bearer to be able to basically like uh, uh, find out exactly. So all that is part of the conversation that will lead to the, that eventual one. So I would say we still have time. Okay. Let's, not, so, let's, not, let's not be in a hurry. So I get it that you, 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 you would rather not give me names. So let me ask a, mm -hmm. perhaps an easier to answer okay. question. All right. You can't tell me who is in the in line okay. or who is being considered. Mm -hmm. But you can at least tell me mm -hmm. whether Prof. Jane Okukwajima should be replaced from a strategic point of view. No, I mean, it's still, if, if I answer that, then I'm indirectly answering the question that you're asking. Oh, really? <laughs> because there are still a number of people because that might see, be. If you do admit that, and I've spoken about her earlier, that she was somebody who was chosen because she's got pedigree, who already had established herself in academia, who became a minister, got herself established, who actually was running it. And as far as we are concerned, uh, the job she did as a running mate together with the flambera, uh, the children performed very well. 
uh, I would say that uh, if you check exactly the results of uh, 2020, even though we did not win, it was pretty clear that uh, did you get more women votes, for example, or more central region votes, or more votes from the uh, intellectual class? Let's say, for example, if you look at uh, uh, the seats we had in central region, uh, I think as uh, 2016, when we did the election, we came down to about three seats in central region. As we speak today, we have majority of seats from that region. That's true. So that, that is of shows already that uh, a lot of good work has been done. And well, we believe a lot more can be done. Yeah, but parliamentary is always key. Mm. I mean, you can imagine, for example, but, but, for, but, for the, but, for, but for the but for the war that happened, that led to this current 137, 137. Mm. If things were no, uh, some amount of the shenanigans that took place, we should have had a clear majority in parliament. And that could have been a whole different ballgame as far as the country is concerned. But you think the running mate contributed to that? The, thing, the truth is, you see, in politics, it's sometimes a bit unfair. Supposing we had three seats in parliament. And somehow, at the end of that election, it came down to one state. Would the honey may not be blamed? That you came from the region, yet the performance was so bad. Mm -hmm. Now, if we were able to get more seats in Parliament, someone the honey may should not take the credit. Clearly, the honey may take the credit for what is easier to what simply, you know, uh, look at your presidential votes, how they, how you did in the presidential. Races. Even if you look at the presidential numbers, you could clearly see that there was a, an appreciation of vote across the country. So you would say that you yes, actually brought in more. Naturally. So she should be kept. That decision will be taken by the flag bearer in consultation with the party leadership. So, as I said earlier, I would wait for that time. Would I don't be, think. I don't think we should. I don't think we should be in a hurry to keep her. Would it be what? good political strategy to keep her as well? When the moment comes, I'm sure we'll be able to look at all the all the angles and be able to make a decision. Whatever decision we we'll make will be one that we believe will be in the supreme interest of the of the party and also of the nation. So uh, I'm sure when that moment comes, we'll, we'll, I mean, we'll definitely make that decision with the Flabera leading. Yes. What about an Asante running mate? The, the Asante region is your opponent's stronghold, mm -hmm. but in the last election, mm -hmm. you actually made some inroads. Okay. Inroads in terms of parliamentary, you mean, or, or uh, presidential? Which um, actually, I'm thinking presidential. Okay. So is that something you're thinking about? Do you think perhaps... I think, I think all options remain on the table. The only, the only place that for a fact you know there could be no option coming from would be the original northern region where the Flabera comes from. So indirectly you cannot be picking anybody from that original region where you come from. But every other region there is a possibility. Doesn't that feed a little bit into your own you know, regional tokenism In what theory? In what you, would have, you would have thought that you would not exclude and northern regional no, but you don't forget the constitution it speaks about regional balance in remember the constitution of ghana speaks for regional balance even not in just in political the not just basically in all things that we presidential for example ticket. in the choices you make uh, for example in ministerial appointment that you make yeah. even at the level of the party you look at regional balance it's, it's just in america you pick somebody from the north it picks he picks uh, what we name a running mate from the south. It's it's, it's nothing nothing uh, strange. Mm -hmm. So that regional calculation would always come into the picture. It's different from this religious tokenism that our friends are trying so hard to stalk. Mm -hmm. I'm a Muslim, therefore you must choose me. 
We don't want a leader because you are Christian or Muslim. We want a leader because you have what it takes, and that should be number one consideration. Let every other thing be secondary. Your number one consideration are you reliable? Can you be trusted? Do you have credibility? Do you tell the truth? Do you work hard? Do you love the country? Are you competent? Those are the considerations that we should be looking at. And then after that, every other thing becomes a nice sin on the cake. And that is the point the NEC makes. That's what we have constantly done. And every choice that we've made from 1992 to today has been made purely on the back of that consideration, first and foremost, that we are putting forward a candidate that stands tall on his own first before we look at any other consideration. Now, your job is to pretty much run your political party on a day-to-day basis. Mm-hmm. You know, it's that sort of CEO role, if you will, as general secretary. Um, your opposite number, Justin Kudria, mm-hmm. recently um, <laughs> issued a statement mm-hmm. that some five members, senior members of their party, mm-hmm. have in effect sacked themselves. Okay. Um, I think Nano Hinin too. Yabwabing, Kasama, and Hoopsina Doye, and two others. Because they have expressed support for Alain Chamantin, who is now seeking to run as an independent presidential candidate. Mm -hmm. Would your party, would you have handled this situation the same way? Um, I mean, I don't exactly know exactly their constitution. I don't know what exactly their constitution is. But if it says that truly, that is what their constitution says, and they implement them, you cannot, you, cannot, you cannot blame them. They're just applying their constitution. But of course, in politics, before you come to that, you want to have a conversation in order to know exactly the readiness of the individuals. Exactly what are you willing to do? Because in politics, you can support a candidate up to a point. Like it happened in the NDC. When, for example, at the time, um, Mrs. Rollins uh, stood against Puff Mills uh, before it's, it's, it morphed into into full-blown situation. You have what you call Funka, which are the group that we're supporting. But when eventually Mrs. Rollins decided to move to a new party, uh, the NDP, a lot of the Funka people did not go. But those who decided to go, but that is actually a party formation. Yeah. Now, in the case of Alan, Alan hasn't gone to form a party. He basically says he's having a movement. He's an independent candidate. Now, the question then is, this, I mean, if you are supporting him. At Jerry University, we've been empowering students to pursue their goals for over 130 years. From innovative degree programs and helpful tools to campus locations focused on creating community for international students, we can help you find your way forward. We even offer international students 25% off tuition on select degree programs. Visit Strayer.edu to learn more. Eligibility rules, restrictions, and exclusions apply. Strayer University is certified to operate in Virginia by CHEV and has many campuses, including at 2121 15th Street North in Arlington, Virginia. Shop Macy's Black Friday specials for amazing deals on gifts they'll love now while supplies last. Like 25% off Nike for him, her, and kids. 75% off fine jewelry. And 10 to 50% off select appliances from Black & Decker, Cuisinart, Instant Pot, and more. Plus, get it faster with store pickup. Now at Macy's. Savings off sale and clearance prices. Exclusions apply. Please note that stores are closed Thanksgiving Day. Jessica, this is the happiest day of my life. Right up there with the day I bought my RV and insured it with Progressive. Man, I love that thing. 
There are a million fish in the sea, which I'm reminded of every time I bring my RV to the lake, but I vow to love and cherish you just as much as I cherish campsites with full electric and water hookups. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Protect your beloved with an RV policy from Progressive. Take as little as four minutes to see what you could save at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. And you are still a member of the NDC, of the MPP. How does that work? I mean, so naturally you expect that if you are still a member of the NDC, then you are of the MPP. I keep calling NDC because <laughs> NDC, NDC, NDC is there is a top alternative in the country. So naturally, <laughs> naturally I call the NDC. Now, so if you're a member of the NPP and you are supporting another person against the candidate that your party has chosen, then it becomes an issue of conflict. To be honest with you, I would have been expecting those individuals, if that truly is what it is they felt, they themselves should have effectively just walk away. And say, listen, where we are at the moment, we are totally committed to Alan. So temporarily, we are off the party. And uh, eventually, after the Alan thing, whatever happens, we can think otherwise. I thought that would have been a resolution. So what would I have done? We would have had that conversation first. But of course, if the people are adamant that we want to, you cannot eat your cake and have it, can you? So you cannot, you cannot be supporting one candidate who are belonging to another party. So that, that is something I cannot... I allow them room to do what they've got to do. Yeah. yeah. Well, thanks for sharing your thoughts on that. Mm-hmm. Thanks for spending your time with us. And thank you for joining us. For thank you very much. And uh, thank all the many viewers. Every day, people have money emergencies. Mom, I need my school fees. Emergency. Mom, it's your money emergency. Emergency, emergency. Catch it. I'm your rent. Emergency. Now, there's a new emergency number in town. More money, more money, Charlie, and enjoyment. At the top, life we got. Dial star 770 for all your money emergencies and chop life. Dial star 770 hash for money emergencies and get easy and quick access to your money, loans, and other banking needs. Ecobank, the Pan-African Bank. Smile, hmm? Look lively, okay? Smile, smile. Too small. A bad stomach ruins your day. Don't let it. Take Gastrone, your most effective antacid, for the relief of symptoms of peptic ulcer, heartburn, gas pain, flatulence, and indigestion. Hey guys, what are you waiting for? Let's go, let's go. Mwah. Can you bring down the smiles more? <laughs> Gastrone, effective relief from stomach discomfort, manufactured and distributed by NS Chemist Limited. This advertisement has been written and approved by the FDA. Daddy, Daddy, this tank is big! Yes, that's true. It can store a lot of water. That's so true. Wow, it has a working satisfaction. Yes. Mm-hmm, that's so true. I can see S-I-N-T-E-S-Syntex. That is so true, my daughter. 
But it's father, it was Milo. That's not true. But why? Why? <laughs> Syntex was the first to introduce double layer tanks in Ghana. Syntex again was the first to introduce white inner layers in Ghana. Syntex gives you the biggest warranty seven years. No matter your water needs, Syntex is the answer. Syntex tank. Are you strong? Are you tough? Calling all our daddies, students, and well-wishers. Join us for an unforgettable day as Presec marks its 85th anniversary with a grand speech and prize-giving day hosted by the Odadia 98-year group under the theme Building Upon a Legacy of Excellence, Developing Holistic Values-Driven Change Agents. Chaired by Mr. James Boating, 2018 National Best Farmer and Odadia 78. The event starts at 10 a.m. on the 25th of November 2023 at the newly built ceremonial grounds. Speakers for the day will include Dr. Delal Head of Psychiatry at UGMS and Mr. Kwabna Asantipoku, Country Director of British International Investment, both proud of Dadia 98. Our guest of honor is Dr. Yao Oseyeducho, Minister of Education, with Dr. Ofori Sapo and Right Reverend Professor Joseph Obriya Buamante, gracing the event as special guests. Mark your calendars 25th November at the Presec Ceremonial Grounds. Oh, come along and join us as we celebrate 85 years of excellence. Brought to you by the Odadia 98, Illuminator of the Bimos. And thanks for staying with us here on the Joy News Channel. This is The Pulse. And guess what? Starting Sunday, this uh, edition of the Volta Fair will get underway uh, in grand style. It will be under the theme uh, leveraging the African continental free trade area for economic development. Well, uh, they've lined up, you know, celebrities of the land to help attract patronage uh, from across the country uh, and beyond to also uh, seek some more attendance uh, of, uh, you know, the likes of uh, the Yagbubumafia of Asogli State, Ogiapeda himself, the 14th, who will be there, the regional minister, Dr. Archibald Lecha, who's uh, using, uh, you know, their good offices and influence to uh, try and attract more investment uh, into the Volta region. Well, in studio with us now is Fred Avonio, a former uh, business uh, editor here at Joint News, and he's also... Uh, a son of the land as well. So many names, uh, and I need to point out that I'm a product myself. Uh, so it's good to be talking to Fred. Uh, you can see Volta Fair 2023. That's what we're talking about. But for many who are not aware of why we need to talk Volta, uh, let's talk about the previous years and the kind of experience that we had. 
Very well. So, Volta region is one beautiful part of Ghana. Yeah, right? it, I agree. Part, I, I mean, no doubt. <laughs> um, it's one beautiful part of Ghana mm-hmm. that has not been explored sufficiently. Mm-hmm. People here about the region, they have no idea how it looks like, how it feels like. Mm-hmm. Okay, and realize that, look, the investment potential is huge across all sectors, be it agriculture, tourism, education, and all of that. So, it was decided that, look, there's a need to project the potential of the region for the rest of the world to know so that we can attract the right set of investment, Mm -hmm. develop the whole area, and increase the national economy. Because whatever happens to that part of the country affects the entire um, country. So that was the reason that led, that birthed, the, the whole idea. The whole idea. And that's why I was talking about it, that this is not the first of, it, of its no. kind. Uh, we've done this for how many years now? This is actually going to be the sixth mm-hmm. edition. Mm-hmm. Uh, but from 2019, yeah. uh, that's where we, we saw a lot of stability and we saw a lot of patronage. And it's been going up from that time. So 2019 was good. Mm-hmm. 2021, which was the last edition, was yeah. superb. We do it every other year. Wow. Okay, so it was fantastic two years ago. And this year, it promises to be even bigger. Greater. And the sharp focus on the uh, African continental free trade area is that interesting bit for me. One would say, well, this is the Volta region, just a part or a fraction of Ghana. Why should these people be concerned about the free trade area? I think regional trade is the way now. Mm -hmm. And that's how come Ghana is playing host to the Secretariat. And so we cannot be left out. We are thinking of increasing trade within ourselves as a continent. Mm -hmm. And so if you're going to have a fair, we cannot just look within Ghana. Yeah. We definitely must be along, yes, what the continent is thinking of. And beyond, besides that, when we had the last fair, 2021, there were interests expressed by other African countries, thanks to the power of social media. Oh. We got to know what was happening. Just to be a part of the They fair. wanted to be a part of it. So we had that initial uh, interest, and then we opened it up. And so we have... <laughs> Exhibitors coming from the Democratic Republic of Congo, okay. from Namibia, from Kenya, Nigeria, Togo, Benin, and other African countries coming in. And that's how come this year it is themed on AFTA. Wow. So Volta going global, I guess. Exactly. I guess that's what we're exactly. doing. Uh, but what does the region have to offer? Uh, I guess that's the question on, on the table now. A lot. Mm. Now, so we have... now so. Everybody will tell anybody who knows Volta region. And actually, it, it's been quite as a phrase that Volta region is a microcosm of Ghana. Right. In that, whatever you find in any part of Ghana, you, you will find, find in the Volta, Volta region. region. And that's how we see that when you visit Volta, you experience Ghana. We have water bodies of different... We have the sea. And the sea provides economic activity. We have the Volta River. We have the Volta Lake. Mm-hmm. And that's a lot of fish farming potential that we have there. And the historical significance the also histo- is, Of course, it's also there. Then we have the arable land. Look, rice farming in the Volta region, yeah. I mean, the rice is the best. And there's still more land that can be cultivated for rice. We have shallows, we have vegetables of all kinds. And then we have the cash crops. There is cocoa in the Volta region. There is coffee. Which many do region. not know about. Exactly. There is coconut. All of that happening in the Volta region. But some of the best coffees are made from the Volta region. There's the Kamaoka, there's the Avitutui. They are from the Volta region. There's cotton. Mm. So the land is there for us to cultivate tree crops, cultivate uh, food stuff that we need and all of that. And then there's enough land for us to do manufacturing as well. Uh, some of the manufacturing companies have started relocating to the place. 
there's wine made in the Volta yeah. region. Mm-hmm. And, and then real estate is also coming up. There's a golf course in the Volta region now. Oh, wow. Yes. And a lot of beautiful resources are coming up by the waterfront, both the riverside and then the seaside. Okay. Uh, if, if it would take um, maybe someone to discover what, what's happening, this is why the Volta Fair, I, I believe, is being organized. But it must follow in some series. And I believe you have a, a lineup of, of the events that will, you know, chronicle where you need to start experiencing the region from and how it will end. So what are some of the activities we're to expect in terms of where we're starting off from, the exciting activities, and when, when it will all end? There's actually a lot. It's going to be a two-weeks-packed festival okay. of business, of networking, mm-hmm. and of tourism and culture and all of that. So the fair starts from Sunday, the 26th mm-hmm. of this month. That's the, the when it will start. The actual opening is going to be on the 28th. Mm-hmm. And we have a number of ambassadors, and we have the youngest um, minister from the continent coming. Okay. Yes, from Namibia. She's going to be in attendance. And we have other dignitaries coming for the opening. Now, for the very first time in the entire 66-year history of the Association of Ghana Industries, right. they're going to hold their AGM in the Volta region, oh, national wow. AGM. It's happening as, part region. Of the as part of the... Yes, that is on the 29th. Right. It's happening. So the business community throughout the country is going to be in whole. Then we've lined up, apart from the fair itself that is happening every day from the 26th to the 10th of December, we have a number of seminars happening. Now, top of mind, we have the Women Entrepreneurs Summit. You know, we're bringing all the business women that matter to come and share ideas. We have the Youth or the Young Entrepreneurs Summit. We have the Sports Development Summit. Now, we have a workshop in, on horticulture and export opportunities within that space. We're going to have something on climate change as well. Mm-hmm. Now, this year, the uh, Farmer's Day, the regional Farmer's Day, will be held in Ho as part of the, the fair. Uh, we're also going to, have, um, we, we're, we're going to have beer festival on okay. two of the weekends. Okay. And this beer festival is not limited to our usual beer that we yeah, know, that we but the, the indigenous ones, right. so the Solom, the locally uh, brewed ones, yeah, those right. ones will be there, okay? Then there's going to be Kente Festival as well. Now, Volta region is, is home of Kente, quality Kente. Now, if you go south, there is um, Agbozume. Yes. That's how come we have the Agbozume Weavers, the name of the football yeah. team. They do a good Kente there. If you come to the middle, there's Agotime Pete, wonderful Kente, and up north, Tafi. They do Kente as well. All these guys will be there to display different designs for us to see. So all of that is going to happen. We even have some program for our, our media folks. Okay. So there's going. Oh, to so the media is not left out at <laughs> all. There's going to be a masterclass mm-hmm. uh, workshop for journalists on uh, African free trade um, area. area, as well as the climate change. So almost everybody is going to benefit from this. Is is going to be a lot of idea sharing. Uh, and uh, we also have what we call district days. So each of the 18 districts in the Volta region will have an opportunity to market their district to investors, to business people, to tell them what they have in their district, what are the investment opportunities, what are the businesses, what are the communities doing very well there. So it's a whole package. And taking from what happened with the previous event, we are very hopeful that a lot of businesses will grow as, as a result of this. We got new exporters from the old one. Yeah. People are now exporting to other African countries. 
by participating in the previous event. And we know that new people will also get opportunity to become exporters after this, particularly because you're going to get a lot of visitors coming from other African countries. This is exciting. Uh, but let's talk about also, you know, cultural events and social engagements that will be happening as part of this. Uh, we don't want the all long and boring talks as the youth will describe it. What, what's exciting in terms that's of music, culture, lot. and, you know, now, the jubilee. So during the daytime, yeah. the district days are always accompanied by cultural displays. Mm-hmm. All the traditional drumming and dancing will go on right. during the day. We have the food court, mm-hmm. where there's food and drinks. And that is the most liveliest place in <laughs> Forsyth. That's the best place ever. I tell you, that place is, is party time all mm-hmm. through. Right. Then each evening has an entertainment program. So we have musical concerts. Now, the beauty of the musical concerts that we have is that we use that as an opportunity to unearth talents. Yeah. So the guys that we don't know, mm-hmm. we give them the platform to perform and get to be known. Yeah. And so each night there's an entertainment run through to midnight. And then we're going to have um, a fashion show as well. And then we also want we will have a Miss Water Fair also okay. taking place. So every night there's going to be an activity right from Monday through to the last Sunday, the 10th of December. And, and just as I was pointing earlier, some notable um, individuals will be there. Dagbogu Mafia Tobia Peder, the 14th. Yes. Uh, will be there. Yes. Uh, and then there's the regional minister. There are other celebrities yes, you're you expecting as well? Yes, the various uh, paramount chiefs will be there. Okay. Yes. Um, there are different events that they will chair. Okay. And, and on the district days, what happens is that they accompany the DCs to the to, event. To, to the center. So it's a beautiful scene. Right. All dressed up in their full regalia following the, um, the MC or DCE to the event. So they're all going to be represented. Then we have the various ambassadors. So the, uh, the uh, American ambassador to Ghana has promised to be there, the, the Dutch amb- ambassador. As for the ambassadors from the continent, the Kenyan, the Nigerian, the Togolese, they're always, always there. The, the Namibian, they're all going to be there as right. well. And, of course, we're expecting some ministers of states also to be present. Because it's a two-week affair and there are different events, each of these seminars will attract personalities coming in. Um, we're going to have very successful business people also coming in to share their ideas, try to groom the younger ones to take up after them and all of that. So it's going to be business, it's going to be fun, it's going to be networking. It's a whole festival. Mm. And you cannot afford to miss that opportunity. And remember, this yeah. is who, the oxygen city of right. the country. Very peaceful. The, very peaceful. The air there is different. <laughs> the topography alone will make yeah. you feel like, yeah. oh my goodness. And we have planned tours for the two weekends. Mm. We'll do a tour around. We'll go to Amidia Fair. We'll do the canopy walk. Now, that is the best canopy walk you can experience because you're going through the canopy and you see the waterfall, the waterfall, you know, dropping on you. Oh, and it's so wow. beautiful. It's such an experience. You don't want to miss it. So let's Indeed. all be in hope. How about SMEs? Because I'm, you know, we're talking about continental free trade area. Definitely, businesses should be in mind. Are you giving opportunities uh, for you know these uh, smallholder enterprises to display Very and well. to possibly sell uh, yes. w- what they have? Yes. So yes, that's place for. So actually, we've categorized the the stand such that. Yeah. Um, even the very small businesses who have the opportunity, right. and they've always been there in their numbers. Um, so the small businesses will be there, the medium and the large, they're all going to be there. And in particular, let me just mention that, that 
we've always had a very good representation from the Tone area. Now, because of this flood situation, they've been badly affected. Yes. But we've yeah. waived the fees for all, all the those coming from that part. Yes. We are working together with the, the various assemblies there, and we've waived the fees for them. So they're all going to come without having to pay for, 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 for stance, you know, as a contribution. So it's a very challenging time. Exactly. For them. Exactly. So they're going to be there. And um, it's going to be lovely. Right. All in all, what will be the message to our viewers and uh, those who are outside the region who want to experience Volta? I think it's the right time to just take a break mm-hmm. and come and spend some good two weeks in the Volta region <laughs> yeah. for a change of weather, mm-hmm. beautiful weather, good yeah. food, lovely people, um, business opportunities. I want people to come there and identify business opportunities such that they will go back again, you know, because they'll have a business interest there. So let's all move there. It started from Sunday, the 26th mm-hmm. of November, all the way to the 10th mm-hmm. of December. And it's happening at the um, whole Jubilee Park. Um, very easy to assess. Yeah. And it's, it's going to be great. Mm-hmm. And I expect and, to and see you there. Yeah, indeed, I should be there. And you know, MFI is going to be there. <laughs> My mother is going to be there. The whole team affair. Very wonderful friends. <laughs> Even the point about, and that's what I was going to ask you about, you know, um, accommodation arrangements for people who are not traditionally from the region, uh, you know, staying there for two weeks um, would involve yes. a lot. You, you know, you'd have to do some movement, you'd have to stay somewhere. Do you have that in mind yes. as well? So actually, on our website, www.votafed.org, mm-hmm. uh, we have a link where you can see the number of hotel Places. facilities, yes, that you can, you can access. And beyond that, we've also spoken to the tertiary institutions. Fortunately for us, some of them will not be in full in capacity school, right. yes so we are their hostels are also available for those who would want those places and there are other provisions we've also spoken to the town folks some are willing to share um rooms okay. you know to give them that homely feel as well oh, so you can experience like an, exactly. uh, like a, a family a family so all that is there so yes we're encouraging everybody to to make make the time to be with us and and experience um, um water and enjoy ghana and I guess there's going to be a musical concert too. Yes, there's going to be a musical concert, mm-hmm. um, as I said, to unearth the uh, talent. fresh talent. And of course, we have the big players also coming in. Okay. A lot of things we are keeping as secret. We don't want to jump up the place. That'll be a surprise. Yes. <laughs> I don't no, know. Our brand you know. ambassador, okay. one of our brand ambassadors mm-hmm. is Adam, right? Oh, so oh, Adam is going Adam, to be there. No, I'm not saying he's going to be there. <laughs> I'm not going to take anything out. But I'm just saying we'll that. There. Everyone. Then it's one of our brand ambassadors. Mm-hmm. And you know the link that it has in the industry. Yeah. If it decides to pull everybody there, it's going to be massive. Yeah. But it's going to be a great show. We're all passionate about Volta. You need to be at the uh, Volta Fair 2023. Just make your way to the Volta region. Once again, let's remind our viewers of the date. Um, Sunday, Sunday, 27th of November yes. to the 10th of December. Each day, the exhibition is going to be going on. And of course, we'll have the uh, seminars also running alongside so if you go to our website, yep. you see all the lineup, you get all the information there, you get the numbers to call, and um, make sure you are there to enjoy the beauty of hope. And of course, uh, if you want more information, just uh, reach out to Fred, or exactly. just come, come over here to join you. Yes. There are lots of us Man, I could share uh, here. Number, uh, actually, fine, yes, you feel free. Well, and so you can call 0244-6390-0244-6390-97. And whatever information you want, mm-hmm. we're ready to provide that with, for you. And uh, I tell you, you will love it in Ho. 
Yeah, I can personally guarantee that. So you need to be there at the Volta Fair 2023. Um, lots of fun, uh, business opportunities for you. Just, just be there um, starting the 26th. 26th, yeah. That's you Sunday. You need to be there. Lots of us will be there. Mama V will be there. MFA Power will be there. In fact, uh, we're possibly looking at moving everyone. You should. You should. I should also be a part yeah. of the celebration. Uh, you should, you should celebration. do the shows in home. Yeah, so that you experience home for yourself. <laughs> I tell you. Yeah. And we have a very huge following mm-hmm. there. Mm-hmm. Very, very huge. Very, yeah, yeah. Very, so, very. Yeah. Indeed. Uh, there's more to come your way, and so you should join us for the Volta Fair. Fred, grateful one more time for Thank joining us. Thank you very us. much. I didn't tell them that you are both. <laughs> <laughs> so there's so a lot that we have in common as well. So we are products of the region. You need to uh, just join us. Just join us. You'd love Volta region. Uh, and of course, I can personally testify uh, to that. So yes, be at the Volta Fair 2023. And indeed, uh, we'll be happy to receive you in the Volta region. Uh, but now let's talk uh, you know, a bit of politics because Majority Leader of HMS Abonso is refuting claims he's actively campaigning to be selected as running mate uh, to Dr. Mahmoud Obamia ahead of the 2024 elections. The uh, Swami MP uh, says that the NDC MPs as uh, part of their debate uh, on the budget uh, have uh, sought to pitch him against some of his colleagues. Uh, this comes on the back of... Uh, the minority chief, which uh, Kwame Gavin Abuja, who is also from the Volta region, uh, claiming uh, on the floor that uh, Yasu West will go on MP leader Al Hassan did not vote for Dr. Mahmoud Obamia in the NPP presidential primaries. An allegation the majority and uh, deputy whip uh, will not take kindly to. So just listen to the exchange on the floor of the House earlier today. Over 40% of you rejected him, yet you want him to be the one. You did not vote for him. So sit down, sit down. You can talk. You cannot talk. You, you, you sit down. Mr. Speaker, let's go to that. Please, majority leader is on his feet. Yes, please. Mr. Speaker, I don't know why my colleagues, my colleagues, anytime they get up, they want to really make me up with something. Rally mate, whatever. Mr. Speaker, yesterday, my colleague, the former minority leader, was saying that I'm concentrating on um, my running mate campaign. Mr. Speaker, let me, let me, let me state it here clearly that there is no contest for the position of a running mate. I'm, I'm not I'm not involved in campaigning for running mate position. Yes, because it should be loud and clear. It should be loud and clear. And my colleague should also not involve himself in in uh, you know conjectures. He says I probably voted for the vice president of my constituency. What has that got to do with it? I mean, that's objection to what Honorable uh, uh, just did. It is an attack on me, and I want him to withdraw that now. I am serious about this. You cannot do this to me on the floor of the house. We are 
opposition to that. And you better, you cannot start the campaign here on the floor of the house. It's serious, and I want you to withdraw it now. If there are the results of the presidential primaries from Ayawaso West Wakon. Honorable, yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to, you haven't have answered my question. Yes, I'm going to answer the question. I said, Honorable Dr. Baumia got 444 votes in the constituency. Honorable Ken Echepong uh, got 531 votes from the constituency. Statistically, he is one of those people who didn't vote for Dr. Baumia. That is, I said, The heated exchanges there uh, between the minority chief whip, uh, Kwame Gavin Zagboja, and also majority leader Sayyid Chairman Zabunsu, and the deputy majority whip Lydia Hassan. Uh, but the minority in parliament is also challenging claims by chairperson of the Roads and uh, Transport Committee, uh, Kennedy Osayinyako, that uh, President Akufando's government has made the biggest investment in the road sector, debating the budget in parliament, majority chief whip, and former ranking member on the Roads uh, Committee described the claims as lies. He has also been accusing the government of causing financial loss to the state in the road sector. The majority leader has served this country for a very long time. In this house, I was one of those people who stood and supported the bill to, to pass an agreement for a loan agreement to build a Swami interchange. And we cautioned that once we do this, the government will do the neutral. Mr. Speaker, the fact remains, as we speak, there's evidence of demonstrations against a very sick fact. He's, you are the only person similar to him in this house. In his consequence, as we speak, the Swami Interchange project is not going on. Is it true or not? And Pakadan Railway. Simply because they want to build a bridge over the water. But Mr. Speaker, what they have basically done is to turn the alignment of the railway to nowhere. The railway has been complete, has been at 98% complete for a, a long period. In fact, when a project is 98% complete, it's substantially completed to be handed over. Mr. Speaker, do you know why they cannot take it over? Because when you take the goods to Mpakadan, you can't do anything with it. Yep. If we're going to Akosombo, we can put them on the batch. So you have actually caused financial loss to the state. This is a summary of disaster. Nobody in Ghana wants to wake up thinking that you get a fourth haircut. Nobody wants to be in this country to feel that he would wake up and, and, be, and be told that you cannot... But last thing, Mr. Speaker, let me ask you this. Have you remembered, can you remember these things? I shall protect the public first. I am too old to, to, uh, to, uh, to steal your money. Yet, yet the council, I come here. Try me and see. I am not a corrupt person. We don't need to tow the, the, we, we don't need to take loans. We can just tow the, the, the rail sections of the road and get money to build our roads. I will transform Ghana in 18, 18 months. I will not operate family and friends government. I will make Kone Lagoon and Ador River tourist sites. I will give each constituency $5 million a year. I will arrest the dollar. A hike in fuel prices will be a thing of the past. I will make a crowd a cleaner city in, in, in Africa. I will build in 101 little hospitals in 18 months. I will build 315 new secondary schools. I will never go to IMS.
Interesting uh, thoughts there. Uh, our main man in Parliament, uh, Kweku Asante, is joining us now. He's had through all of these uh, heated exchanges. And Kweku, uh, the lunch minister, used the time also to uh, clarify some issues. The claims by uh, the Parliamentary Service uh, Office that the Clerk to Parliament's uh, official uh, residence has also been sold under this government. What more do we know? Following that claim by the Speaker of Parliament that there was an attempt to scale out his um, um, official residence, um, the Lands Ministry put out a statement saying they were going to investigate. There was a follow-up statement by the Parliamentary Service claiming that the official residence of the Clark to Parliament was almost sold and actually has now been sold in 2019. He used opportunity today, the Lands Minister Samuel Abu to actually say that that was not true and that, yes, the property belonging to Parliament, which is used to house the Clark to Parliament, was indeed sold, but in 2015 and not in 2019 under an NDP government. Let's listen. UNESCO land is a speaker. UNESCO land is not being sold. UNESCO is in possession. And Mr. Speaker, as I said, that in many cases, in many cases, Mr. Speaker, when they make the claim that a particular land is being sold under a particular administration, when you go into the records and you make the inquiry, you find the contract. Mr. Speaker, I'll give an example. Not too long ago, it was said that the accommodation or residence of the clerk of parliament was sold in 2019. Mr. Speaker, I want to submit to this house a house of record, and I want Hansa to capture it, that my checks at the Lands Commission suggest that the clerk of parliament at accommodation or residence was sold in 2015 and not 2019. Mr. Speaker, Mr. Speaker, the then Minister for West, the then Minister for Western Housing gave an offer to a private developer in 2015. A lease was granted to the developer in 2015. These records are unimpeachable. It happened in 2015 and not 2019. It just so happened, it just so happened that the developer having bought the land in 2015. Having been given an offer letter in 2015, having been granted a lease in 2015, took possession in 2019. So by all intents and purposes, the speaker, the land was sold in 2015 and not Thank 2019. Uh, and let's talk about the head, um, the, the health sector, I should be uh, saying now, uh, knowing so well that, uh, of course, that also uh, featured prominently today, uh, the chairperson of the health committee uh, talking about Agenda 111, this has been the president's promise to build um, a hospital facility in districts where there are none. Well, yes, um, Dr. Nana, you were free today on the floor, conceded that no government can build 111 hospitals in four years. And in fact, one, the question one would ask is, if that was so, why did the president make the promise to build it before the end of the tenor? He now admits that that promise cannot be made and that Ghanaians should not expect that all Agenda 111 hospitals will be completed by the end of 2024. Yahweh says the projects that are at various stages of completion across the country will provide more than 6,000 jobs when they are completed. He provided certain updates on various facilities across the country. Talk about the Achiamansa, one which, which he says is more than 60%. And a number of facilities that are being constructed across the country, which he claims are various stages of completion, almost all of them more than 60% in his own words. And the expectation is that by the end of 2024, those ones that will be ready will be commissioned by the president. But he admits today 
that they cannot complete all the 111 as they promised by the end of the season before blessing. Uh, Asante, parliamentary correspondent, giving us the latest uh, because it's been a busy day in the House with the uh, par- parliamentary caucus from the minority side, also indicating further that President Kufando must immediately cost the withdrawal of a regulation seeking to restrict a number of items. They are importation uh, when it comes to rice, fruit juice, margarine, and also fish. We have sugar in there and some 16 other strategic products. The trade minister who is pushing this very regulation hopes it will uh, help um, the CD appreciate and grow local industries. Per the regulation, any person seeking to import the selected items and products will require permission from the trade minister. Addressing journalists, the minority leadership described the regulation as a bad policy which must be withdrawn immediately. Going forward, if you want to import rice, sugar, diapers, pottery, and a number of items, approximately 22 selected items, you will need to go to the Ministry of Trade and Industry and to see a committee that will be constituted by the minister before a permit will be given to, uh, to you. This, I think, is a dangerous practice. It has happened before in this country. And you recall that in 1967, a commission of inquiry was established. Justice Olenu's committee was established. And that committee was to identify the corruption and more practices relating to import licenses. The report was clear that that practice is outmoded and it cannot be continued because people use it for the purposes of rent seeking. This government is taking us back to 1967 once again, President Akufuado. I'm worried that a time will come if you are not an MPP member, you will not even get a license to import something to this economy. That is unacceptable. Ghana is a member of the World Trade Organization. This practice, the World Trade Organization frowns, frowns upon it. And it's a clear violation of the practices of world trade and international trade. And it should not happen. We are urging His Excellency the President to have a rethink because this is not a policy that we should encourage, and they have to redraw it. In fact, we in the NDC will criticize it, and we'll do whatever it takes. But the only problem we have is that the Constitution places a limitation on us, because it is an ally, and it will mean that it can be laid without us having any major restrict. Uh, what do you call it? Uh, 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 input. Well, as Black Friday, the shopping bonanza approaches, ensuring your safety amidst the frenzy of the deals and the discounts uh, becomes paramount. We'll tell you how to shop smart and also stay secure during uh, this highly anticipated uh, retail rush. Uh, We have more for you in this package. In today's interconnected world, assessing goods and services is just a click away. As we approach this year's end, The online shopping spree is on 
and folks everywhere are scouting the web for those irresistible deals. Major retailers are dropping prices by up to 50% on various items, making it the perfect time to snag some steals. But in the midst of this shopping frenzy, scammers are also out in full force. You spot a great deal online, make the purchase, pay, but the package never arrives. This could mean you falling for one of the common scamming schemes. So she paid and she never like had or got the item and the person changed the handle. You couldn't find the person. Ruth's sister was a victim. To the vendor she was like, you pay before you deliver. My sister was like, oh, okay, no problem. So she paid and she never like had or got the item and the person changed. The Louisiana Swamplands. Out here, you're either lunch or you're enjoying it. Make sure you end up on top with the all-powerful lineup of Kia SUVs, like the Telluride, Sportage, and Sorento, equipped with available all-wheel drive, higher ground clearance, and the interior capacity to bring everything you need. So you'll always remain more than a gator's length ahead. Visit your local Kia dealer today to find your next adventure in our ever-capable lineup of SUVs. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-334-KIA for details. Always drive safely. Hello, Saver. Whether you're saving for that trip to the tropics or saving for an emergency, now is the time to take advantage of Wells Fargo's savings options. Wells Fargo offers savings accounts that can help you save towards your goals. So, what are you saving for? Visit a Wells Fargo branch or wellsfargo.com backslash save to open a savings account today. Wells Fargo Bank N.A. Member FDIC. The handle, you couldn't find the person, the contact wasn't going through, everything, like, full scam. Others pay for something online and end up receiving either a counterfeit version or an entirely different item altogether. Kweku knows this all too well. When it came, the sizes wasn't the, act- the actual sizes I ordered. Was online was you, if you don't make your idea, it was you. So, if you know be somebody I know, if you know be somebody I know, say make a risk, then buy from someone I don't know there. But without one, you know, get me. Charlie, I be guy man, one guy guy man. Others would rather order products from international partners than order them locally for fear of being scammed. It was okay. I bought, I think, uh, my first time was AliExpress. Maybe for Ghana. I've not tried Ghana online something before, but what I did was an international something. So it, it, it was okay. Yeah. Uh, the tracking was only, I think, safety something. From January to October alone, more than 300 cases of online fraud involving almost one million Ghana cities have been reported to the Cybersecurity Authority. With Black Friday starting November 24, these are expected to go up. So if you look at last year, around the end of October, we had around 159 cases of online fraud. But this year, we had 320. Practically a double of that number. Stephen Kujo is an officer with the Cybersecurity Authority. He elaborates on the common schemes used by fraudsters. Very common one is the bit about seeing an advertisement of an online shop or a supposed online shop on the platforms like uh, Instagram or Facebook. And typically, when you engage, they'll, they'll 
tell you, okay, this product that you want to buy costs so and so. Please send the the payment to a certain Momo number. The payment is done, and then the delivery never happens. Uh, another approach that has come up in the last few months, where some of these scammers would pick out a brand, a known brand that people are already engaging with, a food joint or something of the sort, then they'll go create a Google Map entry. As if it's there, as if that, that location is there, to so attach contact numbers. And essentially, what then they do is they'll boost that uh, contact so that it looks like it's legitimate. Stephen explained how to stay safe while you surf the internet for the best deals. A typical consumer, the precaution there is don't just take that advertisement you see as face value. You need to check whether it's a genuine business. One way to do this is to check whether you actually have a physical store, a physical office at least, where you could be able to engage them. Assuming whatever you bought, you have an issue and need to return it. The other thing we also recommend is in doing such purchases, you would want to insist on payment after delivery. So don't just pay off and, and, and hope they'll bring it. Make sure you're able to insist on only paying when you have received whatever you're ordering and had a chance to inspect it. As you hunt for the best deals and browse online, remember to prioritize safety and verify the authenticity of offers. Happy shopping. For Joy News, Caleb Zablim and Ethan Lai. And you're still watching the Policy on Journey channel. We're taking a break. Uh, we're also looking forward uh, to the grand opening of uh, this year's uh, Journey's Ecobank uh, Habitat Fair. We'll be crossing you over shortly to the uh, Accra International Conference Centre, uh, where, of course, uh, there will be uh, the opening of the fair that will give you the opportunity to a number of... Uh, matters relating to housing and perhaps for those of you who want to rent as well there's an opportunity for you